0: Proverbs 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Say it with me. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. Okay? You need to get a hold of it. It's not just some wonderful thing that we read. This is the Word of God right? The Word of God says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Everybody got a tongue here? I bet you do. Uh, I mean, you got one, okay? And uh, you appreciate it. It's a great thing to have, you know? But the fact is, is that that tongue you have is a very, very powerful force in your life. In fact, I would venture to say it's the most powerful force in the, your life. You can do, I mean. When you consider what we're about to talk about today, this little member of your body can change your life. And uh, it has ruled your life, whether you realize it or not. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the spiritual law of confession, or the law of confession. And like every other natural law, that if you understand the principles that govern that law, you can use it to your benefit. For example, the law of gravity. How many believe that's a blessing? (laughs) If used properly, all right? The law of gravity is a blessing, and the law of gravity also, working with it, with the law of lift and thrust, allows us to what? Fly all over this country, all over the world. And so with the ability between these two laws, because we understand the law of gravity, and we understand the law of lift and thrust, we can keep this I mean, how many would agree, when you ever look at a really, really big plane, I'm talking giant thing, dear Lord, how is that thing in the air? It looks like it's just floating, you know? I mean, it just, especially when like, it's taken off, it just looks like it's just sitting there. You know, or when it's landing, you, know, you think, why doesn't it come crashing down? Well, there's a law that's supporting it, and that law supersedes the law of gravity. The fact is, though, if we work within these laws, if we understand them and we work with them, they can be a great benefit to our life. Well, much like that is the supernatural law of confession. It is a law you have been living with all your life, whether you realize it or not. Everything in your life that you've been able to accomplish, that you've done in your life, the direction in your life, you have already dictated by this law, whether you realized it or not. The law was working. How many know the law of gravity is working all the time, whether you realize it or not? I can even say this. I choose not to believe in the law of gravity. Is that make that law not work? No. the fact, It is a law. Everybody say law. So a law is a law. Period. It, it cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. It is what it is. And so the law of confession is a law that is working in your life whether you believe it or not. Whether you choose to receive it and say, I'm going to work with it my life or not, it is still going to work in your life. All right. And as, as I mentioned, your today is the harvest of what you spoke in yesterday's gone by. That tells me that if I'll use this law correctly, I can affect my future. I can begin to change things now by changing what I'm saying, and I can change the course or change things in my life by, again, the words that I speak. God demonstrated the power of faith released through the power of words when he created the earth and all that is in the earth in Genesis 1. We see that is God in action by faith using the power of words. And he used them and initiated what we see in Genesis 1, the creation of everything and so on and so forth. That ability, that power has been given to you and me. Jesus told us this. If you'll look with me in Mark 11... Mark eleven verses twenty two through twenty three very familiar scripture, but again, try to see it for the first time today, so you see it with fresh eyes. Jesus said this jesus said mark eleven twenty two so Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, have faith in God. Now a better way to say that would be Have the faith of God." or have faith like God. See, Jesus is sharing with us how you and I, made in His image, can operate in faith the same way God Almighty does. We are made in His image. We are like Him. Do you realize man is the only being that God created that can choose His words? We are the only beings that can choose our words. Angels can say stuff, but they're not allowed to say whatever they want to say. But man is created with a will, and we can choose what we want to say. And that's why he says the life and death are in the power of the tongue. There's another area where the Word of God says, and when we call uh, life and death, when we refer to it as blessing, he said what? Choose Life. (laughs) Choose life. You can choose. It's all up to you. But what we might have to do is retrain our thinking and retrain our tongue so it talks a certain way. All right. A lot of the times, and this is what I want all of you to open yourself up to the Spirit of God in, is that we can think that we have control over our tongue, but we don't realize some of the things that we're saying. Somebody else almost has to point them out. My wife is very good with me on that. All right. She'll say if you say so. In other words, if you really want that in your life. If you say maybe I'll make a comment towards her. You're always blankety blank. And she'll just say if you say so. You know, in other words, if that's what you want, then, you know, keep on talking like that. So, in other words, we want the Holy Spirit to unveil to us what are we saying? What are we doing? Cuz how many of you ever talked without thinking? All of you? I could be a a heavyweight champion in that area, (laughs) talking without thinking. And see, that's the problem. We sometimes talk without thinking. Why? Because it's just something we've always said. You know, it's something we've always done. And so we need to be aware. But, okay, Jesus is telling us how do we operate in faith like God. Verse 23, "...for assuredly I say to you, whoever says..." So how does it start? Somebody's got to be doing some talking, right? whoever says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. So the mountain is representing what? Whatever it is you want changed. So the mountain could be a problem. The mountain could be a sickness. The mountain could be anything in your life that is standing in your way or something that you want changed. I don't like it there. I want it there. Okay. And so he's saying, Whoever says, so how do we change something? You got to talk to it. You got to talk to it. Whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. We have to get to the point that we believe in every word that we're speaking every word in other words i want every word that i speak to come to pass how many would think we need to change some of our words see how many believed everything jesus spoke to happen when we read in the gospels what do we see jesus spoke to something and bam it changed right how many would agree I mean, God speaks to something. Now, God is highly developed in his faith. All right? Jesus is highly developed in his faith. He doesn't just go saying anything. For example, you have to believe what you're saying will come to pass or is true. All right? Don't we say things we don't believe in all the time? For example, my son has this really big black dog big dog. And some people will say, oh, you cute little itty bitty puppy. Is he a little itty bitty puppy? No, man, you can saddle him. He's big. All right. So what I'm trying to say is sometimes we'll say things to be funny, won't we? We'll say the opposite to be funny, like we call this big giant guy tiny. (laughs) What? We're trying to be funny. We're trying to be silly. But if we continue with words like that all the time, oh, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I didn't mean that. And we're doing that all the time. Do we really believe every word that we're speaking? No. We have actually been programmed in this world not to believe every word we're speaking. We're we're programmed to be, oh, I didn't mean it. Come on, all of you have done that. Oh, I didn't mean that. Somebody caught you maybe saying something. Come on, you don't want to say, oh, I didn't mean that. I was just joking. Well, why do you say it all the time? (laughs) Because you're programmed to say it. You're mentally, it just happens. I don't have to think about it. you know. So what do we got to do then? In order to change our words, we have to think about what we're thinking about. We have to look at things and say, wait a minute, I don't want that in my life. Therefore, I don't want to say that. We have to realize there's power in my words. Every time you open your mouth you are releasing spiritual forces that are going to work on your behalf. And you need to realize, do I want that? Is it worth me joking all the time? Now, is a good joke bad? No. As long as it's a clear, good joke. And that isn't how you live every moment, okay? I mean, I believe Jesus would like a good, clean joke. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But when we're constantly talking... In that manner, and just, I'm only joking. I'm like, anybody know who I'm talking about? Like somebody you know in your life that's always opening their mouth and always has something to say about everything? Maybe you're somebody like that. I don't know. But that is a problem that you're going to see a little later here as we look through the Word of God. But look again with me. Mark 11.2 and 23. Whoever says, whoever, notice that. Whoever says to the object, be removed, be cast into the sea, and that person does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Can we get to the place in our life that we can have whatever we say? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's certain parts of this we've got to be working. We've got to believe what we're saying. We believe some things we say, and they're working in our life, but other things we don't always believe. And so therefore, there's no power to it. We really didn't believe in our heart and say it with our mouth. But you get to the point that you believe every word that comes out of your mouth, you know what you'll start doing? You won't talk so much. You will stop and think, do I want this in my life? And if I do, you speak with authority. And I'm telling you what, something's about to change. Because you believe what you're saying. And see, this does not mix with normal teaching in the body of Christ. It doesn't, because you know why? It's work. <laughs> it's really work. It gets right down to the nitty gritty. How many of you like being teased about what you say sometimes? You know, remember when it was a couple of years ago, we did a series, Change Your Words. Uh, change your life or something like that. And we stayed on the topic for, I don't know, four, five, six, seven weeks maybe. I mean, we stayed on it. I know every single one of you were digging one another by the end. Why? Because you were conscious of it. You were hearing it all the time. And so you were very aware. And one of the big running jokes around here was, if you say so, you know, if you say so. Well, why? We're conscious of it. Well, I'm only going to preach this once, maybe twice, but we need to be aware. You need to get the CD and listen to it over and over and over. Mark the Scriptures down. Study them. Make yourself conscious of them so it works on your behalf. Let me ask you this. Are the words Jesus spoke true? Can we have what we say? Can we? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want you to notice something real closely that in the last verse, in, in uh, Mark eleven twenty three, 23, there's something I want you to see that the word says comes up three times and only mentions believe once. Believing once compared to speaking. That means that there, I believe Jesus is saying that there's about three times more confessing to one believing. So in other words, Our believing is impacted and influenced by our speaking, all right? And so if we will continue to confess something, even if right off the bat we don't really believe it, but God's Word says it, what are we talking about confessing? We're not talking about confessing anything that doesn't agree with the Word of God, We're talking about things that agree with the will of God, the Word of God, that even if you don't really believe it at the moment, if you'll keep on talking it, what will happen to your believing? Your believing will start coming in line. It will begin to change. All right. And so once you get those two lined up, you're believing and you're speaking, what happens? (laughs) There's nothing stopping it. That mountain in your life is moving, guys. That thing in your life that has been tormenting you is gone whatever it is you said it's happening. So what we got to do is bring the two together here, but it all starts with our words. The in the the 3rd chapter of James, you don't need to turn here, but in the 3rd chapter of James, James talks about how that if we can control our tongue, we can control our whole body. And he goes on to say that the tongue is the smallest one of the smallest members of our body. I mean if you look at you know me standing here, my tongue is relatively small compared to the rest of me. Okay, It's just this tiny little thing in my mouth. That, that, but it has what James is saying. There's great power. There's great force behind it. And he's saying it deserves attention. It is the thing in your life that is influencing your life, listen to me, more than anything else. I believe that if you can get a hold of your tongue, you can change anything in your life. And he's saying, if he compares the tongue, this small little thing in your body, comparatively speaking. He said, look at a large ship. You look at a large vessel. It has a rudder on it. And that rudder is very small compared to this large ship. Yet, if you will just change the direction of that rudder a little bit, what happens? The entire vessel changes directions. In other words, the course... That that ship is going to take is dictated by where you turn the rudder. What he's saying is in your life, the course of your life, the direction your life is taking is controlled by the power of the words that you speak. So if you want change in your life, and I believe everybody does, amen? Everybody here has something in your life you don't like the way it is now. You, you don't like the way it is, then what you need to do is decide where it is I want to go. How many of you know that uh, uh, the captain of the ship decides where he wants to go before he just takes off, right? He plots his course, right? You need to, to think about your life. You need to think about what it is I want. Well, I want a happy, strong marriage, I want to marry the right person the first time. How many agree? Those of you who have been married for a while or have been married would agree. That's a great one, some of you. Not one person raised their hand on that. Surely some of you who maybe have had messy past would say, absolutely, preacher. You know, you would say marry the first one, right? Right. How many would agree? All right, everybody, hands up, all right? That's a good one, is what I'm trying to say, all right? Any area in your life, the direction you're going to go regarding career, the direction you want to go in your physical body, the direction you want in whatever, it doesn't relationship, doesn't matter what it is, you plot that course, you look at what you want in life, look at what the Word of God says, and what? Begin to talk that way. Now, you're headed that way. You're going the wrong direction. You've been doing it for years, but you want to go that way. You begin to turn the rudder of your ship by changing the words that are coming out of your mouth. Now, how many of you know a really, like a, let's say an aircraft carrier, okay? A, a literal city <laughs> uh, on a ship out in the ocean. Is that thing going to turn on a dime? No. I would venture to say it could take miles (laughs) to turn that thing around. I mean, it would take a long time depending on the speed they're going and so on and so forth and what direction they're going to go. It could take a long time to finally begin to see that we're headed that direction. When you begin to talk doesn't mean you're going to witness any change right off the bat. Things may even get worse you ever press into the things of God, and all of a sudden, dear Lord, this is not what I planned on. Now things are worse than they were. You know, I was feeling bad, but now I feel like crud, you know, I was going broke, but now I can really see it. <laughs> I mean, well, what the minute you opened your mouth, what'd you do? You put a big old flag there. I'm turning, I'm going another direction, and, and who's there listening to you? The devil, he's sitting there listening, he's taking notes. And so he's got to figure out, I want to keep them that direction. I I want to continue to steal, kill, and destroy in their life. So what he's going to try to do is what? Distract your attention. He's going to try to get you by doing several different things to give up, to quit, to let go. And that he's got you right where he wants you. You've got to make a decision in your life that when I change course, when I begin to do this, I'm not changing. God's word is true. If I'll stick with it, no matter what I face, I will eventually get to where I want to go. But you have to make that decision. You have to decide, plant your feet in the ground, so to speak, and say, devil, you're not moving me from my decision. I decided to follow the Spirit of God and go His direction. I want better for my life. I want better for my children. I want better for my grandchildren. I want better in my body. I want better in my finances. I want better in every area of my life. That's the direction I'm going. You're not going to move me from it, devil. And that's where you fill yourself up with the Word by Confessing the word and not letting go, no matter how much pressure he puts on you. And I promise you, anybody follow God here and tried to do some of these things, the pressure comes and it comes fairly quickly. It comes. But anytime you're gonna do anything for your life that's better, the enemy's gonna come along and try to keep you where you are. Why does he want to keep you where you are? Because you ain't doing anything, you're not impacting anything, you're not getting any better in that area. So therefore, what? You're not very good testimony. Every one of you should want more for your life. Why? For the glory of God, if for nothing else. Amen? How does God get glory in your life? He said in the Word of God, by us bearing much fruit. Amen? We should be constantly growing, constantly getting better, constantly getting things seen, witnessing the blessing of God in our life. But see, where nothing's going to happen if you just sit there and don't do nothing. If you just do exactly what you've been doing, where are you going to go? Exactly where you are, right? If you, don't, you can get in the car and you can wish all day long. You can daydream about better days. You can think about how your body could be healthier and stronger. But if you just sit and don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. So what's the one thing all of us can do? I don't care what situation... Your life is in, you can change your words. And if you begin to change your words, you will begin to see the rest of your life follow it. See, your life follows your words, not precedes your words. You have to begin to cast the line, so to speak, whatever direction is you want to go. And I don't know about you, but I can think of a lot of things in my life that I want to see better than they are now. Amen? So listen, let's look at some scriptures that help us uh, just see what God's word has to say about the use, the power, and the importance of words in our life. All right? So if we look at Proverbs 6 2, Proverbs 6 2, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Another way of saying this is this you are trapped by the words of your mouth. Everybody say, my mouth. All right, not my mouth, your mouth. Your life is impacted by the words coming out of your mouth. My life is impacted by the words coming out of my mouth. What you say about me doesn't make any difference. You can talk about me all day long. You can say whatever you want unless I let it impact me, it doesn't doesn't have a you're not going to change my life really by just continuing to talk about me. But when I begin to talk, I impact my life. And this scripture says, you are trapped by the words of your mouth. Listen, it says you are held captive by your words. In other words, you're held in bondage. If you go around saying, I'm afraid, and you fill in the blank. I can't do this, blank. I'm too old to do this, blank. I can't afford this blank. If you put yourself in that, guess what you've done? You've trapped yourself. You put something on your leg. You put something in your heart and mind that will keep you from doing it. You have put yourself in bondage by the words of your mouth. Now, let's look at this and flip it around. If I can trap myself with my words and I can put myself captive for my words, can I not... Set myself free by my words? Can I not be free from anything? Free from any fear? Free from anything that would hold me back? Right? Where's the power? Right here. Everybody point right here. <laughs> right there. Y- your life is right there. God gave you the power. Don't say, well, it's all up to the will of God. He gave you his will. Now do something with it. (laughs) There's too many people that just say, well, you know, if it will be, it will be. If that's the direction the Lord wants, then he he has his reasons. He wants to go that route. You, when we read these scriptures, don't you see from the word of God, like we talked about last week in the law of seed time and harvest, you have a lot of control in your life, a lot of control. Now, God wants to direct you right? He wants to help you go the right direction by the Spirit of God, but He's not going to do everything for you. You're not going to get to heaven and say, Lord, that was a hard life. <laughs> everything went wrong. He's going to say, I know. <laughs> and he'll point right at your tongue, you know. <laughs> you knew better, but you did nothing with it. Everybody say, I know better. You do now. You've got no excuse. <laughs> you can't plead ignorance you know you know better it's on you all right proverbs 10:19 proverbs 10:19 in the multitude of words sin is not lacking but he who restrains his lips is wise so somebody whether it be you or someone else it's always flapping their gums is probably going to get themselves in trouble all right they're probably saying things they ought not but on the other side of this A wise person does what? A wise person restrains his lips. A wise person doesn't just say anything that pops in their head. But my point is, is that you need to think about what you want in your life. Do I want this? Stop and think about the words. That's what he's saying. A wise person restrains his lips. He puts a guard on his mouth. He doesn't just say anything. How he? Did you ever say in a moment of anger in a moment of frustration things that you wish you could take back right away everybody say oh me all right we've said things like man i why did i say that afterwards i shouldn't see you let your feelings motivate you i just was oh, boiling up on the inside and it just boom comes out out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and see that's the key what's in your heart what are you filling yourself up with? Picture it like this. Picture your heart like a sponge. Okay, If I had a sponge right here, and I took that sponge, and I had a big tank of water, and I put the sponge in the water, what does the sponge absorb? All the water it can hold, right? Now, if I pull the sponge out, what's going to come out of that sponge when I squeeze it? Whatever's in it. Your heart's the same way. And listen, when the pressure of life hits you, and how many know life hits you, and the pressure of life hits you, and it squeezes that sponge of your heart, whatever's in it in abundance is going to come out. You can try, you can plead, you can do whatever you want, but it's going to come out of your mouth. See, a wise person restrains his lips. He guards himself, and he's filling himself up with good things. Proverbs 1218. 12, 1218. 12, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. Ever met a sharp-tongued person? I could say, oh, me here. I mean, I could slice and dice and, you know, just real quick. You ever met a New Yorker? They can slice you down. You're just standing there, and you don't even know you got cut. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you know, thinking, man, you know. But a sharp-tongued person, what does a sharp-tongued person do? They wound people. They hurt people, right? They're cutting people. They're not helping. But look at what the Bible says here. But the tongue of the wise promotes what? Health. The tongue of the wise brings healing in someone's life. The tongue of the wise is because why? He's choosing his words very carefully. And he speaks and he uplifts and he heals. Amen. He helps. Right? See, that's me. Amen. Some of you are like, "Uh huh? Because why? That sharp-tongued sword sometimes comes out of my mouth. (laughs) Praise God. That's not us anymore. Amen. Proverbs 16.24. This is in the New Living, so don't look in your Bible. Proverbs 16.24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. In other words, do the words that we speak make a difference in us physically? Helpful, right? I mean, think about this. Kind words... Sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. They're making a difference in your physical body. They're making a difference in your soul. Do you realize how if we could teach people that are going through depression, the power of words, how we could help change their life? I'm serious. You can think of somebody who's fighting loneliness, how we could change their life by teaching them about the power of words. We can affect their soul. Now look at uh, Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-three. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Woo, boy! I tell you guys, we could change our life if we would just guard what we say, not just say anything. And James 1, 19 from the New Testament. So then, my beloved brethren, who are we talking to? If we're talking to brethren, we're talking brothers and sisters in Christ, right? We're talking to the church you and me, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Say, I'm quick to hear. Some of you. Say it again, all of you. I am quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Did you, did you ever notice the connection between quick to speak and anger? The two go together. I know I'm a pro, all right. I know because i've that's been a big part of my life. Very quick, slow to listen, slow to listen. you know. anybody know, understand what I'm talking about? You're, you're, you're formulating your response. You're not really listening to what someone's saying. You're not quick to listen. Do you realize how many wars this world could have avoided if, if they just practiced this? Quick to listen to understand the other side? To see their point of view instead of just formulating how we're gonna counter what they said. You see, if we would be quick to listen, what would it do? It would change our words coming out. We would change how we're responding in life. That's what he's saying. God, listen, God wants this law of confession to be a blessing in your life. There's power in your words. Whether you are speaking good things that you desire or bad things that you really don't want in your life, listen. Your words are still working for you all the time. All the time. It never stops. This is why many Christians live a defeated life. Sickness, lack, anger, depression, failure, uh, fear, many other negative things are constantly overshadowing their lives because of their words. And they don't even realize they're doing themselves in. They're not even aware of it. And that's why we need to pray and say, Lord, help me to see this in my life. Help me to see the words coming out of my mouth. Words are spiritual containers that either release fear or faith. And every time you speak, you are activating spiritual forces that are going to affect your life. And this is why it's so important that we be mindful of what we're saying. We're not just saying anything that comes to mind. We're not just saying things because that's how we feel. Forget your feelings. Your feelings are usually wrong anyway, right? I mean, can you imagine a guy telling his wife, I really, they've been married for however long, I really don't feel like I love you anymore. Well, dear Lord, Lisa and I had that the third day of marriage. Maybe a little exaggeration, but few days, you know. I mean, you know, we had—I I can prove it to you. This video, we had our first fight right at the altar over something stupid. are all fights over something stupid? Amen. 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 Yeah. I mean, if you can remember what you were fighting about to begin with, <laughs> you know. But the point I'm making is—is is that we cannot forget our feelings. So I feel a certain way. Big deal. My feelings change all the time. Right? I mean, I feel like pizza one day. I feel like fried chicken the next. I feel like this next. I feel like blah, blah. So what? I'm not going to say things and put out seeds, so to speak, working on my behalf based on how I feel. My feelings are of no consequence. The reality is, what do I want in my life? I feel sick. Again, not an issue. What do I want in my life? Well, I want health. So I'm not going to talk sickness and disease. I'm not going to talk about the pain I'm feeling and you know expect change in my life in that area. That's not going to work. That's a good example. Let's look at that real quickly. Let's say you need healing in your body. Your body says, I'm sick. I don't feel well. You look in the mirror. It's it's proof. <laughs> you you look, Ugh, you know. I mean, you know, you, you go to the doctors. The doctor says, absolutely. You're not good. I mean, you're, you're not normal. You know, there's this, 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 this wrong with you. You take your temperature. It's high. Everything is saying that that's the case. All right. That it's a reality in this physical realm that you are not feeling well. All right but here's what it comes down to i can say well i guess i'm sick i guess i'm just gonna have to take off a few days from work and just lie around until i get better because after all i'm sick and i'm full of pain and so i'll just sit down and relax or or i could say wait a minute there's power in my words and so i can go to the word of god and find out what god's word says well for example, at the end of 1 Peter 2:24 it says, "By the stripes of Jesus we were healed." Now, if I individualize that and I realize that that took place 2000 years ago, then what could it really mean for me today? By the stripes of Jesus I was healed. I was healed. If I was healed, what am I now? I am healed. Now, God says I'm healed, but my body says, no, you're not. The doctor says, no, you're not. You say, no, I'm not. The mirror says, no, I'm not. Every feeling says, no, I'm not. But God's word says, I am. So what I do, listen, the ship is going towards five days off from work. (laughs) All right? The ship is going that direction. I decide, no, I want to plot my course for that direction. The Bible says, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed. I agree with you, God. And so I want to change the direction. And so I begin to say something along these lines, okay? And I want you to listen closely. I could say this. I'm going to agree with God's word. So therefore I say, I am the healed of the Lord. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed. Praise God for my healing. Thank you, Jesus, for my health. Now, what did I begin to do? I began to plot a new course in my life. I began not to agree with this, and I began to plot a course for that direction, for health, for what the Word says. Now, everything is going to tell me That it's not working. But what I'm going to do is focus on the Word of God. This is where many believers get stuck. Listen to me carefully. They'll say something like this. You mean preacher, I am to say what I want, not what I have. I want you to listen closely. I am to say what I want, not what I have, not where I'm at. All right. I feel bad, but I'm not to talk about that. I'm to talk about where I want to go. That's what Jesus said. Look one more time with me in Mark 11, 22 and 23. Look what Jesus is saying. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have the faith of God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So, if I, what I, what he's saying here is say what you desire, focus on the direction you want to head, not where you're at, not the current circumstances. What does the Bible tell us? Let the weak say, I am strong not talk about how weak they are and that's the problem everybody's talking about their problem and so they what they're doing is they're actually digging a hole deeper and deeper in their life planning themselves there and it makes it even harder to get out of it why you have what you say you believed in your heart and said with your mouth and this is what you've been saying and you've been saying and you've been saying and you've been saying, and you've been saying. And some of you, I want everybody to listen to me right now. I know every single one of you that have been around here for a while have heard this message several times. The question in your life when you say, I don't understand, preacher, why I'm not seeing certain things in my life, then you need to ask yourself, what have I been saying consistently? Consistently. Everybody say consistently. Now, I'm going to add a word to it. Ready? Consistently say that. Constant. Now say them again, consistently, constant. One more time, consistently, constant. See, you might say, well, I didn't say anything at all. I played Switzerland, all right? I'm neutral. There's no neutral place, guys. There's no neutral place. How many of you know you can say, you can't say, well, man, the Bible seems so real, but these other things seem so real too. So, God, I play neutral. All right? I don't believe in you or the devil. All right? And so I, I'm just going to hide over here. How many know that doesn't work? It doesn't work. There's no, there is no neutral place to go. All right? Pick a side. All right? Pick a side in your life. What do you want? Listen, how many of you want, how, want life over death? then pick a side. It's on you, not on God. He's saying, I am handing you every tool imaginable. Do something with it. Change your life. Now, if I were right now to stop and I say, everybody's like, whoa, yeah, man, I can change my life. All right, give me a confession. Everybody gets quiet. How many of you got things in your life you want to see changed? No, I'm serious. You can think right now, I can think of this, and I can at least think of two things in my life I want to see change. Then here's the deal. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Right now. Right now. Larry's going to start us. (laughs) After Larry, I'll start pointing fingers. All right? How many believe that right now is where the anointing is because this is what we've been talking about? The anointing is here. The Spirit of God is leading me this direction. That tells us what? Now, under the anointing, speak to that mountain in your life. Tell it to go. Amen? Everybody goes, "Uh, uh, uh." You know what? Just get over it and do it afraid. Amen? How many want some things to change? It will change if you will get up and you under the anointing and begin to talk to that thing and we'll all be in agreement with you. Amen? But it doesn't have anything to do with being agreement one way or the other. The fact is under the anointing if you will begin to speak it will begin to change. And I'm telling you there is an anointing. Listen real quickly here. The fact is every time you make a confession of what God says about you in his word you're planting a seed of faith in your heart. Keep on saying what God says about you no matter what the circumstance is or how you feel. Continue with it and it will become a reality in your life. You will begin to literally see that change. Confess what you desire, not what you have. Confess, that's the direction I want to go. That's what I'm going to confess. Jesus lived this way and he lived in absolute victory. God created everything that we can see the same way. That's the same thing Jesus told us when he said, listen, when he said, have faith like God, have faith like God. And Jesus wasn't embarrassed to do it in front of other people. He obviously talked out loud. Remember when he talked to the fig tree that wasn't producing like it should? Remember? He said, let no man eat fruit from you ever again. And the Bible says, and the disciples heard it. He didn't have any problem talking to a demon he didn't see. He didn't have any problem talking to sickness and telling it to leave. He didn't see, right? Listen to me. But he did all these things out loud. How do I know? Because they're recorded. If they were in his head, we wouldn't know about it. Right? He had to have done all these things out loud. Out loud. Your words have power. Speak what God says about you. Speak, again, what you desire to make the law of confession work. Everybody say it with me. Say, let the weak say... I'm strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Amen. What are we saying? We're saying what we want. So we see where we're at. We're going to say what we want. All right. We're going to say the desire that we desire. Amen. And as long as you can't say, I desire that person's wife. Why? Well, the word of God doesn't promise you that, but the word of God promises you a vast amount of things, guys. Right? I mean, just... It goes on and on and on and on and on. It's all available to us. Amen? I tell you what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to loosen you up, all right? Because we're going to sing What I Confess I Possess and then I'm going to give you an opportunity and I want you to be thinking about it. And I'm telling you, don't be nervous, be excited because this is the opportunity to release the power of words and see something change in your life. Amen? And then you'll be able to give us the testimony about it. Hey, Pastor, you remember when we did so-and-so? Instantly things began to change right then. I believe that. How many agree with me?